You have been listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Visit us online at bethanynaz.org. A lot of Sundays I resist the temptation. Today I'm not going to resist it. Uh, I want to say it's so bad. I love being a part of this church. I love this community of believers. I love doing life with you. I love studying God's word with you. I love growing in my faith with you. Um, I'm trying to say I love you. Okay? So there you go. And, and I'm glad that we get to do this, this Jesus walk together. You, you might remember a couple of weeks ago I told you that I was reading a little book called Bless. And Dave and John Ferguson write it. And, and Dave Ferguson writes this. He says, um, when I became a Christian... I was, I was excited to share my newfound faith with other people. I wanted other people to become Christians too. And so I'm doing everything I can to share Jesus with people. And, and I didn't know quite how to go about it, but I memorized this way of sharing my faith and I would go up to people or I would meet people and I would present the gospel to them and I would go through my list of things that I would say. But I don't know, it didn't work for me. And it didn't seem to work for them. And I would leave feeling kind of confused and frustrated. And, and, and they would seem to be confused and frustrated. And, and it was just hard. And so I decided that that wasn't working. And so if I was going to share my faith with people, I had to find a better way. And so then I began to just say, you know what? I'm going to live my life as much like Jesus as God gives me the grace to. And I think people are going to see there's something different about me. And eventually they're going to say, Dave, what's different about you? And then I'm going to share my faith with them. But he said, that didn't really work either. People weren't asking me, what's different about you? And he said, finally, I decided I'm going to ask the question, how did Jesus do it? What was Jesus like? And he said, I did a study of the New Testament. And here's what I learned about Jesus. That Jesus based all of his stuff on a very simple strategy. Friendship and blessing. He befriended people and he blessed people. And I decided I was going to try it the Jesus way. When when you look up the word friend in the dictionary, you get really three components. It's someone that I like and someone that I know and someone that I trust. And, And it goes the other way. When somebody believes that I'm a friend, it's because they feel like they know me. They feel like they, they like me and they feel like they can trust me. And so what does this friendship and blessing look like in everyday life? So let me make sure we're all on the same page. Let, let, let me ask you a question. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand, okay, in a moment, if it's true for you. So how many of you in the room this morning would say, I actually um, know someone personally who is a missionary. Okay, that's the question. I, I know somebody personally who is a missionary. So if you feel like that's you, you know somebody who is a missionary, I want you to raise your hand really high, okay? Just put your hand up in the air really high. I know somebody. Look around. I mean, this is pretty impressive. So let me ask you this, second question. What what if somebody was sitting in a stool over here on a stool over here and we were talking and, and they said to me, Rick, do you personally know a missionary? And I said, absolutely, I do. And if they said, okay, tell me, tell me their name. And what if I told them your name? <laughs> what, 
Wait, they, they ask if you know a missionary, and, but you gave them my name. It, it's a point that I want to make, and the point is that every follower of Jesus is called to be a missionary. Every follower of Jesus is called to tell others about Jesus, right? I mean, what did Jesus say to his followers? Now go. That's what missionaries do, right? They go. Go. Make disciples. What did Jesus say to his followers? As the Father sent me, I'm sending you. I want you to now go. And so we come in here on Sundays together. We gather. We love gathering. And was the worship together not awesome today just to be in God's presence? But then, go ahead. I like it. Yeah, we're, we're thankful. We're grateful. But then we leave here and what do we do? We go. And so, so you're going to go into your community today. You're going to go to your workplace tomorrow. You're going to go to your school tomorrow to be a missionary. Even if you buy into the idea, you might say, but some days I don't think I know how. And so we've been trying to answer the question, how, how do we best be missionaries in our culture in 2023 where we live and where we do life? And so we've said, we, we think it starts here, you know. God brings somebody into my life, give me the grace, to, wisdom to recognize them and the grace to open my arms. Inviting them into my life, my community, even my faith. But, but how do you do it after that? And so in this little book, I think we are finding some good stuff. But let, let, let me show you. David John Ferguson said, it's not because we think these are good ideas. We think this is what Jesus did. This is how Jesus lived into befriending people and blessing people. And it's a little acrostic to help us remember it. But we talked the first week about how Jesus just started with prayer. He prayed for people. And how he listened. He never assumed, what do you want me to do for you? I want to hear from you. I want to listen to what you need. And then last week we talked about how he ate with people. And often eating with people who did not claim to be close to God. Were not like Jesus. Jesus ate with people that weren't like him. Today I want to talk about serving. And we'll talk about how Jesus served others. And then next week we'll talk about sharing our stories. You know what I see when I see this list? I see friendship. I think this is what friends do. We pray for each other. We listen to each other. We share meals together. We serve one another. They know my story. I know their story. I think that's what friendship looks like. And it was the only strategy that Jesus used. So I'm going to give you a verse. And and I'm hoping that we can memorize it today. And that all week long you can repeat this verse. Okay? I hope you can have it in your head and heart. For the rest of your life. So it's Mark 10.45. And here's the verse. For the Son of Man. It's one of Jesus' favorite titles of himself. For the Son of Man did not come to be served. But to serve. For the Son of Man did not come to be served. But to serve. So let's read it together. With a little energy in unison. You ready? Here we go. For the Son of Man did not come to be served. But to serve. One more time. For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. So what's it mean to follow Jesus? Does it not mean to live like Jesus lived? To do the things Jesus did? To live life the Jesus way? And so very simply, here's what I believe. 
We follow Jesus by serving others. One of the ways we become more like Jesus and one of the ways we follow Jesus is by living a life of service to others. And so to make the point as clear as I can, I want to read to you from the Gospel of John, okay? Chapter 13, verses 1 through 17. If you want to grab your phone or your device or your Bible, I'd love for you to read along with me. We'll also put the words on the screen. But maybe I want to ask you before we do to think about one thing. And that is, in your life to this point, do you think you've done more serving or do you think you've been served more? Or if I ask you a question like this, when you think about the people in your life that you serve, who would those people be that you serve most? Do you ever feel like some days, Rick, and I'm okay with it, in fact, I love it, but I find myself kind of just pouring my life out to others. I like serving people. I like helping people. I like doing stuff for people. Is there anybody saying, it's something I got to think about and pray about and maybe work on. Maybe already though, we're only five minutes into the sermon. I think maybe God's starting to talk to me today. And if God's got something to say to me, I want to hear everything he has to say. So let me read you the story, okay? It it was just before Passover festival. The setting is the the Last Supper, all right? Um, And and John makes it really clear that in chapter 13, everything changes. He begins to move toward talking about Jesus being glorified. He's really clear, and he wants to make sure you understand, this is not about Jesus being defeated on the cross. It's about him surrendering to the death of the cross. And in that moment, Jesus is glorified. So it was just before Passover festival. Jesus knew the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. And having loved his own who were in the world, he would love them to the end. The evening meal was in progress. And the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. You can see the battle of good and evil happening here. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power. In a minute, I'm going to bring that up again, and you're going to say, oh, he said he was going to bring that up again. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. And so he got up from the meal, and he took off his outer garment. Jesus would have worn a um, a tunic. It it would look to us maybe like a long, long sleeve shirt or short sleeve shirt, Uh, a a short sleeve shirt, maybe that goes near the floor, a tunic. And, And then over the tunic, he would have worn a robe. So he takes off the robe and he has the tunic on. Um. He took off his outer clothing and and he wrapped a towel around his waist. And, And it might be like you see people wearing an apron today. Okay. And after that, he poured water into a basin and he began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. John is pretty careful to help you see this image. So he pours water into this basin and then he gets on his knees and he washes the disciples' feet with the water in the basin. 
which means he's pouring out dirty water and putting clean water in again. And then he's got this towel that he's wrapped around his waist and he's drying their feet off. You got the picture. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, you're going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I'm doing. I know you don't get it, Simon, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you, you, you're not going to wash my feet. And Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. And Jesus answered, I'm not going to give you a bath, Simon Peter, all right? Those who have had a bath only need to have their feet. Their whole body is clean. And you are clean. Though not every one of you, because Jesus knew who was going to betray him, meaning Judas. And that was why he said not everyone was clean. But then when he finished washing their feet, he put his clothes on his clothes and he returned to his place. Now, you got to think about it. They didn't sit in chairs like we sit in chairs at a kitchen table. All right. The, the table was low, usually in a U shape for a dinner like this. And, and they would sit around the outside of the U and, and kind of reclining, laying down on the floor on the left hip, left elbow, leaving the right hand free to eat the meal. Okay. So you kind of get that in your mind. Uh, the picture that you see that is so popular is not very real because they didn't sit straight up in chairs like we do when they ate. He put his clothes on. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. Now here's the teaching moment. You call me teacher and Lord and rightly so for that's what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. Have any of you ever washed somebody else's feet? Besides a baby. I've set you an example that you should do as I've done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. And this is the word of God for the people of God. And the people said together, thanks be to God. Um, I, I remember a few years ago, I'd, I'd been in a third world country for about a week. And, um, and, and I remember going in little homes that had dirt floors. Um, Homes that had thatched roofs. I, I remember landing at the airport in Oklahoma City and Annette picking me up. And, and we drive home and we push a button over the visor and a garage door opens and we pull into the garage and the door shuts and I get out of my garage and I stand there and I look around and I do like a neat garage. And I thought to myself, this is one of the nicest rooms I've been in in a week. And it's just for my cars. It's 
Sometimes when I go to third world countries, I think about the roads that we travel. Just last July, I was, a year ago, July, I was in the small African country of Eswatini. We drove out to a village one day. I've never been on as rough a road maybe ever anywhere in my life. It was just washed out and there were potholes and it had never been paved. It was dirt, maybe an attempt at some gravel here and there, but not much. It was mainly just a dirt road and we are just barely making our way through. I remember at one point we saw these three little kids. One had a big tub of water on her head. They were carrying water to their home. They had gone a long way to get. And we rolled down the window and we just held three suckers out the window. The smiles on their faces. One of the most rewarding things I've ever seen in my life. And then we're back on that road. Winding, trying to miss gullies that are washed out. It had never been paved. Do you realize in the United States of America how we live in such comfort? There's a road near where I live and they really need to repave it. And I'm just like, I refuse to drive on that road. It has too many bumps. We were addicted to comfort. That was Jesus' day. Ancient roads weren't paved. Maybe in a big city, you might have pavers along city streets. Otherwise, roads were dirt and, and they were either dusty or muddy. That's the two options. And people didn't wear shoes and socks like we wear shoes and socks. They wore sandals or barefoot. And so you can imagine feet are dirty. And so one of the issues of hospitality in that culture was the washing of feet. Somebody travels to your home to visit you. Somebody's going to wash their feet. Who's going to wash their feet? Well, number one, if you got a slave, the slave is going to do it. I'm not saying there's anything right about this order. I'm just saying that's the way it was. Not a Jewish adult male slave, though. That was beneath him. A Gentile slave, yes. If there wasn't a slave, then maybe the child. If there wasn't a child, then the woman in the home. But never the adult male. It was demeaning. It was too far below him to stoop down and to wash somebody's feet. This was the job of the lowest ranking person in the house. And so Jesus is having a meal with his disciples. He is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. His disciples know this. He is the creator and sustainer of all things. Nobody ranks higher than Jesus. But he takes the posture of a slave. And he gets on his knees. And he washes their dirty, filthy, stinking feet. And they're amazed. They're shocked. I don't even know how I feel about this. Could it even be right? This is not good. Peter says, no, don't do this. You, you know how, um, how, you know, things we say have double meanings. I mean, like they mean this, but they also mean this. So, for example, if I look at my wife today and I say, you're hot. Which she appreciates this more than you'll ever know right now. She loves attention. Yeah. It could mean that this 170, 107 degree Oklahoma temperature has got you, you know, really warm. Or it could mean that every time I look at you, baby, you light me up. 
which I'm going with the second one. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. I'm making points here today. Hey, I love you so much. Do you know that? Okay, I'll quit. All right. And so, so what's happening here is there's double meaning. There's this obvious thing. He washes their feet and he said, you should wash one another's feet. Obvious, right? But there's something else happening. And Jesus says, Peter, you don't understand it. You will one day, but you don't right now. Jesus getting on the floor and putting a towel around his waist and washing their feet is symbolic of stooping to the shame of the cross. In a few days, he will allow himself to be stripped of his clothes. In that culture, there is nothing more degrading and to be humiliated. Taking on himself our sin so we can be washed clean. You want to see what it looks like in another picture? It's when Jesus takes bread and breaks it and it says, my body is broken for you. It's when he takes a, a pitcher of wine and he begins to pour it out. And he says, my blood will be spilled for you. I will lay down my life so you can be clean. Do you know why it's pertinent to our conversation? It's really simple. We can serve others because Jesus has served us. The ultimate act of serving someone has to be laying down your life. And Jesus is saying, I will lay down my life so you can be washed clean. I will lay down my life. I will pour out my life so you can live. And so here I am saying, wow, look what Jesus has done for me. And it changed my life. I mean, when Jesus poured out his life for me, I can't tell you what it has done for me. It has transformed me. And now I know what it means for somebody to pour their life out for you. And so can I pour my life out for somebody else? I can pour out my life for you because Jesus poured out his life for me. A few years ago, I was in a preaching class and, um, and there was a lady in the class from California. Her name was Jeannie. And, and we have to preach to each other in preaching classes. You've never lived until you've had to sit through that stuff. And uh, Jeannie told a story, though, that I loved. She said there was a lady who attended my church and, and she was at a point in her life physically where she was restricted to her home. She couldn't, you know, get out of her house and uh, kind of restricted to bed. And she said, I remember I would go see her, but she was kind of a gruff personality. I, I never had the sense that she loved me coming. She sure didn't express it if she did. And, uh, and I just wondered, does she even want me here? She's, she's not very friendly. She's not really kind, you know. I would go see her and I would pray with her. And I remember one day I just said to her, is there anything I can do for you? Um, I'm, I'm thinking like maybe I could wash some dishes. I could put in some laundry. I could, you know, is there anything I can do for you, you know? And uh, I was surprised at what she said. She said, uh, you can cut my toenails. 
She said, I sat on her bed and I pulled her leg and her foot into my lap and held her foot in my hands and I cut her toenails. And she said, somehow it became a holy moment for me. Reminiscent of following the command of Jesus to wash somebody's feet. You know what I think about you and me? I, I think when we think about serving, we think, you know what I, what I need to do is I need to sign up somewhere to volunteer, right? I got to find a sign-up sheet. You know, I need to volunteer somewhere. I need to serve. And I love that because we're always passing out sign-up sheets. We, we like you sign up. But I think it's deeper than that. I think it's more than that. I think it's... I think it might be clipping toenails. I think it's starting wherever you are. Wherever God has placed you with whoever he's placed you. And I think it probably begins with family. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say right now, I think it, if you're married, it's your spouse. If you've got kids, it's a kid. If it's a sibling, it's a sibling. And, and I think right where we are in everyday life, we begin to live this lifestyle of service. When Jesus said, now I've given you an example. I want you to do as I've done for you. I want you to start doing stuff like this. I think that's what he means. So, I don't know if you know this or not, but there are churches today, communities of Christians that gather like we're gathering right now, and when they get together like this, they wash feet. I'm serious. Go ahead and pop your shoes and socks off. Jump up here. I'm going to wash your feet. There are groups of Catholics who around like Holy Thursday and other special days do feet washing. There are Protestant denominations who, as a part of their regular worship, they come together and they do feet washing. They say, we're taking the words of Jesus. Literally, Jesus said, I've washed your feet, so you should wash one another's feet. Have you ever washed anybody's feet? I haven't. What, what we believe Jesus is saying is something really deep. And although we live in a culture where we wear shoes and socks and our roads are paved and our feet aren't all that dirty. We believe Jesus was saying that if you follow me, this is the life you live. You spend your life pouring it out to others. Serving whomever you can. You've you got to go back to his motivation. And this is what you love about Jesus. I think Mother Teresa says it really well. She says, the fruit of love is service. If I don't love, I can't serve. The fruit of love is service. If, if I don't love, then, then I can't serve. It, serving comes out of a heart of love. And if I'm not loving, then I'm not able to serve. I, I, I remember my friend John in Cincinnati. One day I walked by him at the church He's sitting on a bench in our atrium. And I said, what are you up to, John? He said, just living by the motto, Rick. I said, what's your motto, John? 
He said, you hadn't heard my motto? I said, no. He said, never hurry, never worry, and never ever volunteer. The truth is, John was pathetic at living at his motto. He volunteered everywhere. I think about the people in my life like John, who poured out his life always for others. And so Jesus said, Peter, you don't get it, but one day you'll get it. And guess what? One day Peter got it. Do you know how I know that he got it? Because in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, when he writes, he says, each one should use whatever gift he has to serve others. Each one, all of us, use whatever gift you have to serve others. So I'm going to just talk very practically to you for two minutes and then we're going to pray together and we're going to, we're going to hear a great song and it's going to help us in our response, okay? A few years ago, I began to dream about Bethany First Church and I began to dream about what we could do to live into this becoming more like Jesus by serving. And, and as we begin to dream about it, I, I realize that we have so many community groups here. There are so many groups that meet throughout the week, many on Sunday morning, but so many groups that come together, lots of groups. And I begin to dream, what if we begin to serve together as groups? What if we not only came together and studied the word together and had community and we had dinners together, which I love all of that stuff. And I think it's all important. But what if we also served together? What if we found an elementary school and we said, hey, there's 30 of us. What can we do for you this year? We're yours. Or what if we went downtown to a ministry to homeless people and we said, hey, there's there's 40 of us. What if we just gave you this year? What what could we do to bless you? What if we went to some community you know, service and said, hey, there's 15 of us. What can we do to bless you? We're yours for a year. And I begin to wonder what kind of a footprint could we leave on this city if we just became more like Jesus? And how would the world change? I have been, I have been living with these words since a month ago when I shared them with you. Tim Meddy, the CEO of Matthew 25 Ministries, when asked about their mission, he said, it's simple. We help people. And, and I begin to wonder, is that, is that truly how we see ourselves as Christians? Oh, I'm a Christian. I help people. What are you doing? Helping people. That's what I do. I'm a Christian. Is that how... People who aren't Christian see us? When people aren't Christian talk about you, do they say, God's a Christian, he helps people. Always helping people. Is that the way other people see you and me? We help people. And, and what if we became known as the church that helps people? The BFC church, they help people like crazy. Always helping people. And so what, what if we could begin to live better into that role of being more like Jesus by serving others? So Lord, I come before you this morning. Hear my heart and my cry and my desire. I want to help people. 
And I want you to give me the grace to do so and to be more like Jesus. And as a community of believers, can we live into that? Can we not just say the church needs to do this stuff, but to realize that we're the church. And we start where we are with the people that you've placed in front of us. And so in these next few moments, Lord, let the song that we sing be a channel through which you speak to us. And even in these last minutes that we spend together, change us. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. These words be a reminder of our call to service through Christ. Real simple melody goes like this. Brother, let me be your servant. Let me be as Christ to Pray that I may have the grace to let you be. If you're helpless, 
today. We thank you for being here. We've been called to service and to servanthood through Christ Jesus. 
There's something that Pastor said a little while ago in his sermon. I'd love to say this together to end our time this morning. It says this. We can serve others because Jesus has served us. One more time, church. We can serve others because Jesus has served us. We're called to serve. So as you leave this place, go out into the world and bring that service to those that you come into contact with. Thank you for being here today. You are dismissed. You have been listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Visit us online at bethanynaz.org.